0: can I hold the baby? Have you ever asked that question? Or maybe you asked it with correct grammar, may I hold the baby? Or you might be like me and be a little bit more shy. Maybe you ask, would it be okay if I held the baby? But whenever we see a newborn baby, at least that feeling is a question inside of us. It's almost reflexive. There's something about holding a newborn baby that's almost visceral. There's a feeling that's too wonderful for words. I remember that very clearly when I was in the delivery room when all three of my sons were born. But I especially remember it when my middle son, Jerob, was born. My wife, Mary Alice, and I had been discussing whether or not the baby would be a boy or a girl, and we were happy either way. But here I was sitting at the foot of the delivery table, the delivery bed where my wife was, And I could see when Jared was born, you know, that he was a boy. And the next thing that happened, and I can't explain why, and it's the craziest thing I've ever done in my life, because here I am, I'm a pastor of a church in Fort Worth, trying to keep my dignity, but suddenly I'm jumping up and down and screaming, it's a boy, it's a boy, it's a boy. And I think it freaked the doctor and all the nurses out. So very quickly, they wrapped him up and just gave him to me as if to say, maybe he'll shut up if we give him the kid. wow, there's just something about holding a newborn baby. And many of you remember when your babies were born, how special it was, what a wonderful feeling it was to hold the baby. So what is it that we feel when we hold a newborn baby? Why is it that it's so special? Maybe it's the connection we feel. I do think there's something to that. I think there's something that's I started to say psychological, but I think almost spiritual. There's something about holding a newborn baby and looking into that tiny face. And as you saw in the video, when the baby reaches out and takes your finger with his or her hand, a connection, we feel that. Maybe it's innocence. You know, the longer we live, the bigger rap sheet of failures we have, things that we're ashamed of. But when we hold a newborn baby we stare in the face of innocence again. Isn't there something wonderful about looking into the face of a newborn baby and feeling the innocence of that baby? But more than just the connection or looking into the face of innocence, I think there's something more transcendent in holding a newborn baby. New life is a miracle. You know, there are many stories of non-theists, people who don't believe in God, who suddenly found their faith when they looked into the eyes of their first baby. In his book, Unbelievable, Justin Browley tells us about Jennifer Fulweiler, who came from a family that rejected the idea of creator God. Jennifer says that she never remembers a time when she believed in God as a child. Raised on a diet of science, reason, and evidence-based rational thought, her bedtime reading was Carl Sagan's astronomy book, Cosmos. She'd accepted the idea that the world behaved according to a set of natural laws, and that science was the way of understanding everything. So for years, she remained an unchallenged atheist. But shortly after the birth of her first child, her thinking was challenged. Jennifer describes it this way, I looked down and thought, what is this baby? And I thought, well, from a pure atheist materialist perspective, he's a randomly evolved collection of chemical reactions. And I realized if that's true, then all the love I feel for him is nothing more than chemical reactions in my brain. And I looked down at that baby and I thought, that's not true. It's not the truth. She became a Jesus follower and now writes and speaks as an effective communicator for God. Well, everybody, regardless of their beliefs, has felt something transcendent when we hold a newborn baby. And I think it's why we ask, can I hold the baby? But today, we're talking about a baby born 2,000 years ago. And in your mind, I want you to go back with me to that stable and put yourself in the picture. For all of us who celebrate the nativity, either from a religious or a cultural standpoint, that's one thing that we don't do. That nativity scene, that creche scene is fixed in our minds without us. Did you set up a nativity scene this year, maybe in your yard, maybe in your house somewhere? You know, when you set up a nativity scene, it's got Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, maybe the wise men, the animals, and of course, baby Jesus. But we don't put ourselves in that picture, do we? We don't put a model of ourselves in our nativity scenes. But today, we're going to do it. We're going to put ourselves in the picture. And that makes all the sense in the universe, because the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, for to us a child has come. To us, a son is given. In the book of Luke, the Bible says it this way For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Just keeping it real. I think if you do this, if you stood at the manger looking into the face of baby Jesus, I don't think it would be long before you got your courage up and you asked Mary, Can I hold the baby? can I hold this baby? To the best of your imagination, I want you to imagine what it would have been like to have held baby Jesus. What exactly would you have in your arms? If you were holding Jesus in your arms, what would you have? Well, he's no ordinary baby, but is that enough of an answer? What would you have in your arms if you held baby Jesus? Take it from a guy who got to hold baby Jesus in his arms. The Bible tells us the story of an elderly man named Simeon. God had revealed to him that he wouldn't die until he got to see the Messiah. And he was at the temple on the day when Mary and Joseph came to dedicate baby Jesus. And he got to hold him. And he answers our question, what would you have in your arms if you held baby Jesus? Luke 2.28. Simeon took the child in his arms and gave thanks to God. Now, Lord, you have kept your promise. With my own eyes, I have seen your salvation. Now all people can see your plan. If you held baby Jesus in your arms, you would be holding God's salvation. You would be... You would be holding, think about this, if you held that tiny baby in your arms, you would be holding God's plan for the world. In practical terms, we would say you would be holding God's solution to all the world's problems, pain, suffering, sin, our personal failures, the fear of judgment about standing before a holy God, and yes, even death itself, you will be holding in your arms the answer, the solution to all of our problems. All my life, culture has drummed into my head that the solution to the problems of today are money, education, or power, and whatever benefit any of these may have, I think we've all lived long enough to know that these solutions are not solutions. These answers are not the solutions to the world's problems. And yet, when you open the Bible, you discover that our God, the God who created us, tells us that the solution to every problem we have is a baby. And if you could go back to the manger 2,000 years ago, and if Mary would hand you baby Jesus, and you could hold that baby in your arms, you would be holding God's solution to all the problems in the world. But babies grow up, and this baby, Jesus, the unique son of God, grew up to fulfill a mission that only he could fulfill. It comes down to this. If you want to sum up God's mission for Jesus, you could sum it up this way. God wants everyone in heaven. There is a heaven and there is a hell, but God doesn't want anyone to go to hell. Hell was not made for people. It was made for Satan and the demons. God wants everyone in heaven. But every human being has two problems that would keep us out. To get to heaven, we'd need two things, to never sin and to be perfect, to never do anything wrong and do everything right. But none of us can do that. I couldn't do those two things for one day. And the truth of the matter is, if we're honest about it, we've racked up a huge debt of sin, most of which we can't even remember, and none of which we can undo. But what if... What if there was someone who could solve that problem for you? What if there was someone who could take your place in your name and live that perfect life for you? As I said, I can't live it for one hour, but what if someone could live it for me? And then although he would deserve heaven, what if, what if he would step in your place again and take your punishment for it? Put the record of all your sin on his account and then turn around and credit his perfect life to you. Well, that's what he did. And this is where Christmas and Easter come together. This baby, Jesus, grew up, lived a perfect life, and then died for you on a cross with his arms spread open wide as if to ask, can I hold you? I believe that's his question to you and to me. This Jesus who lived for you, died for you, and three days later came out of his own grave is asking this Christmas season, can I hold you? For all of us who've been through heartbreaks no words can fix, there's something about just being held by somebody who loves you. Well, it's not just rhetoric. Listen to what God says to you this Christmas. In Isaiah 46, verse 4, God says, I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I made you. I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. You can't carry someone without holding them. And yet God is telling you today that's what he wants to do. All your life, he wants to hold you and carry you. It may be that you're listening to this talk in a painful place. As beautiful as Christmas is, it can be a painful season. The food and decorations, music and lights can be so perfect. But then life isn't. And for some of us, all of that seasonal beauty can make our pain, loneliness, and separation feel almost unbearable. But for all of us who are struggling with that hurt and loss, Jesus has a message for us. In fact, listen to this extreme statement that he makes. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. This Christmas, I want you to hear the grown-up baby Jesus, your Savior, ask, Can I hold you today and forever Someone may say, Mark, how do I say yes? I would love that. I would love for Jesus to hold me. Sure, I would have liked to have gone back in time and held the baby Jesus, but how much more do I need the risen Jesus to hold me? How do I I say yes to that question? Well, the good news is you don't have to worry about that because Jesus is very close to you. In the last book of the Bible, in the book of the Revelation, chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. Well, I know it's not a literal door. He's talking about something way more more intimate than, than a door, a physical door, a door of wood or steel. He's talking about your life, and he's at the door of your life, and he wants to get in, and he wants to experience life with you and love you and bless you and save you. And Jesus says, I'm standing at the door, and if you'll open the door of your heart, in other words, if you'll invite him into your life, he'll come in, and he will hold you today and forever. In the most famous verse of the Bible, in John chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible says, God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him would not be lost but have eternal life. Listen to these words. God sent his son into the world. He did not send him to judge the world guilty, but to save the world through him. As I said a moment ago, we have two problems. We sin and we can't be perfect. And yet Jesus did not come into the world to point out our guilt. Rather, he came to make a solution to all the problems that we have with sin and imperfection. This Christmas season... I want to encourage you by faith to fall into his arms. If you're hurting or broken today, reach out to him. He loves you. Open your heart to him. Open your life to him. But the good news for everyone is, is that no one needs to leave this life without knowing for sure that we have everlasting life, that our sins have been paid for, and that we have a relationship with God that won't just be for today, but that will last forever forever. The Bible tells us this, that God loved you so much that he sent Jesus into the world to die for you, which he did. We read that a few moments ago. That after living that perfect life, he lay on a Roman cross and paid the price for every sin that you and I have ever committed. The way God looked at it, the blood that came out of his body was a currency that paid for everything that we've ever done wrong. And the Bible tells us it's a free gift Whoever by faith will accept Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord can be forgiven and have a relationship with God that lasts forever. I'm going to do something right now. I'm going to pray a prayer with you if you would like. There's a verse in the Bible, in the book of Romans chapter 10, verse 13, that says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I take that to mean that anyone who asks Jesus Christ to come into his or her life can be forgiven. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray a prayer with you. And these are not magic words. These are, words. these are words that just call out to God. And if you would like to pray this prayer with me, I would love for you to do that. More importantly, God would love for you to do that. He wants to hear you. He wants you to reach out to him by faith. And I'll pray this prayer slowly, line by line. And you can decide if you want to say these things to God. Pray with me if you wish. Dear God, I am a sinner. And I can't save myself. But I believe you love me very much. I believe Jesus died to pay for my sins. And I believe he arose from the grave. And since Jesus is alive, I want him to be my savior and my king. Please forgive me and make me your child. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed with me, we have a gift we'd like to mail you free of charge. It includes a Bible, a book I wrote called My New Walk with God, and a few other items to help you take the next step on your faith journey. All you need to do is text the word UNWRAPPED to 97000 right now, and we'll get those things in the mail. It's completely free. It won't cost you anything. As we continue our Christmas celebration today, I want you to let this next song be an encouragement to you. And remember, this Christmas, Jesus is holding you.